Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk about this topic today, a saint's approach to discipline. So this is for all you parents out there. And I want to focus on St. John Bosco in particular and his approach to discipline. For those of you who don't know, St. John Bosco was a priest and he did a lot of work with the poor and he started instructing uh, young people, apprentices. He taught them the catechism, prepared them for First Holy Communions, and it sort of developed into these workshops and ways that he would provide education for young boys. He believed that Christ's love and our faith in that love should pervade everything we do, work, study, and play. And so he was really a fan of teaching children versus um, corporal punishment. So always um, correcting or reprimanding verbally rather than corporal punishment. And it was really novelty at during his time. He lived in the mid 1800s. And so it was really popular, I guess, to be using corporal punishment during that time. So I want to talk about his approach to discipline, because what we do as parents, we have a tendency to focus on behavior, not all of us, but at times we can focus on behavior rather than virtue and character of our children. And what do we mean when we say virtue? Virtue is a habit that inclines us to do good. And the only way you get to develop good habits is by practicing, is by doing it. We forget to look at failure or mistakes as learning opportunities for our kids. We expect children to be experts in behavior. And why would they be? Human beings have to learn so much of our behavior through modeling, through failure, and through repetition. I mean, when you think about your children all the way back to when they were babies, they had to learn how to eat and get that baby food down their throats and in their mouths. They had to learn how to sleep. We teach them manners. They learn to ride bikes. And as they get older, how to navigate friendships and juggling responsibilities with homework and all of those things. And all while allowing the Lord to convert and change their hearts and live um, his love within their lives. And so how do we how do we respond to that? We usually respond when we see poor behavior, not in the best way, if we're really being honest with ourselves, not, you know, not a hundred percent of the time, but we all have those moments where we get angry when we see a behavior that we don't want to see, or maybe we express some type of negative emotion, whether it's hurt, disappointment, we become frustrated, stressed, exacerbated, because we're just so worried. We want them to do well and we want to see them succeed. And so that has a tendency to influence our approaches to discipline. So I think we can really draw a lot from St. John Bosco's approach um, to really hopefully influence us and change our approach as parents. By the way, if you haven't subscribed yet, please go now and subscribe to this channel. And if you already subscribed, write a review. I would love to hear what you think of the show. So What are some solutions to this? How do we counteract some of that negativity that can bubble up as parents when we're disciplining? 
first, you want to make sure you are focusing on your relationship with your child and building a positive relationship that involves more than just behavior, more than just homework. You want to waste time with them. Um, I remember Matthew Kelly in one of his books, he would talk about carefree timelessness. No agenda, no to-dos, just being together in a carefree way. Um, Just the other day, I was hanging out with my daughter in the backyard and, you know, we live in Florida, so we still have great weather pretty much all year long. And so we were hanging out in the backyard. We've got a hammock in our backyard and we were just lounging and kind of swinging in the hammock and being a little fun. Sometimes it was a tumultuous pirate ship hammock and sometimes it was relaxing. So we were in this relaxing moment and we just started looking up in the sky and playing I spy and looking around the yard and just saying different things that we spied and different colors and guessing. And there was we were literally doing nothing. We were accomplishing nothing. We were wasting time and just being in that air of carefree timelessness. So communicating in those moments when you can, it doesn't have to be anything special, just showing your children that you want to spend time with them. Um, even when it feels like you're doing nothing or accomplishing them, you want to be with them for their own sake. That is a huge help in building that positive relationship and focusing on your relationship with your child. Second, I would say one thing for building positive discipline, um, is showing abundant affection, abundant amounts of affection. So going out of your way to be loving, to be caring, even when it seems unnecessary. So not just physically affectionate, but in our words, in our um, overall posture, um, having that sense of affirmation for our children. And I think when we get really frustrated, it's just really easy to just use that word no and sling it around. Don't do that. Don't touch. Don't. No, 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 you can't do that. And paying attention to our words, even in that moment, affection can also be using a qualified no or tweaking the no, learning how to say no in different ways. So instead of saying, don't run, you would say, please walk inside or no, you can't have a cookie right now, right? You can, you may have a cookie after dinner, like a yes later type of thing. Um, Or explaining if you touch that lamp, it might fall and it will break, you know, please look with your eyes If you're throwing food that tells me you're done, I'm going to put it away. So anything like that, um, where we, when we're saying no, but with a qualification there of, I'm still saying yes to you as my child, um, but this behavior is something that we don't want to see. So being abundant in our affection for one another. In addition to that, you want to ask their opinion. This one is a big challenge, especially if you have older children, um, but really getting inside their head and allowing them to wrestle with this idea of building virtue, asking their opinion about a current event or a situation that might be happening with their peers, but, or just talking through scenarios, hypothetical scenarios before some type of incident would would occur. The key here is before so that they can be prepared in that moment. And it's as simple as asking questions you know, what would you do in that situation? So say you hear about a situation in the news and asking them, what would you do if you were in that situation? How do you feel about that? Do you think this person made a good choice or not? What would be an appropriate response as a Catholic? How would that, how can we emulate our faith in this situation? And really getting them to think about it in a time when things are calm, 
One, it's a great way for you to just gauge and see where they're at and hear what kind of answers they would have to say. And two, it lets them know that, again, you care about what they have to say, that their opinions are important and valuable. You're affirming their dignity by doing that. Um, You're giving them the freedom to make their own choices, even if it might be a choice that we don't want them to make. Uh, But it's giving some freedom for them to develop into the person that God has created them to be, because they might make a choice that is different from what you would make, what you would want them to make. And so by giving them that space and having those conversations, you're affirming their dignity and their individuality in that place. And it also gives you an opportunity to weave in and discuss some natural consequences. So when we talk about incidents or situations before anything occurs, it helps make sure everybody's on the same page. So anytime you have an opportunity to let a natural consequence take place, for example, you know, if you send your child to school um, and they forget their backpack or they forget um, a change of clothes for PE or something like that, a great natural consequence is, you know, oh, wow, I'm so sorry, especially if you have an older child again, fifth, sixth grade and up, you know, wow, I'm so sorry. I, uh, I'm, I'm working. I'm not able to make it back to school to get you your, your backpack, but I'm so sorry. Just a natural consequence. We don't have to go into this huge lecture of like, how could you do this? You know, that you're responsible for that. Just some empathy and uh, allowing that to happen so that you don't have to be the bad disciplinarian in that moment. But if we don't have an opportunity for a natural consequence, letting them know ahead of time. So when you're discussing those hypothetical scenarios of what would you do in this situation, you can also talk about, um, you know, not only what would your child do, but what your response would be in that situation. So, you know, in our family, we really have these expectations that you'll be on time. Uh, you'll come home and check in at the agreed on time. And so if that's not to happen, this is this is going to be the consequence. Well, we're not going to be able to trust you to go out with your friends next time or or whatever it might be. And so This is a beautiful opportunity because when that moment comes, when you do have to implement a consequence, there's little room for argument, little room for debate or discussion. Now, don't get me wrong. They're still going to try to debate you, but it helps back you up when you can just say, hey, we already talked about this. You know what the consequence is. You know what the situation is. And then hopefully (laughs) you'll have um, your child back down at that moment and just accept some responsibility in that moment. So always having looking for those opportunities to talk through scenarios ahead of time, not in an aggressive way, not in a quizzing type of interrogation way, but just as a family, what do we do? And what you'll notice is the more that you can do this and incorporate that, all of a sudden you're going to have children who are motivated out of love for their faith, for their family, to engage in virtuous behaviors because they know that it's for the good of the family and they know it's ultimately for their own good and for their family because it's the right thing to do because as a family, we show loving kindness to each other. We want to extend love and we know that's the loving thing to do. And can you imagine that just for a moment, your children making those choices out of love for their siblings or other family members rather than, oh no, hurry, let me do this before mom or dad sees. I don't want them to yell at me. I don't want them to get in trouble, but actually I'm motivated out of kindness. So when we can facilitate conversations like this and really get them thinking, that's where we want that motivation to come from. 
In addition to that, what makes it really uh, even more challenging is you've got to be willing to model that loving kindness and that charity. You are the first icon um, of God that your children will know. It is so important for us to reflect that mercy the patience and goodness of God in the way we interact with our children. And so if we're not able to do that, it's going to be a lot harder for our children to learn how to do that if we don't give them that example. And then one other thing you can do is get into the mindset of their developmental level. What do I mean that by that? Kind of like what we were talking about before, how babies learning to eat and walk and ride bikes. We also need to think about what stage our children are at and what can we expect from them based on that stage. A lot of times we expect them to act like adults and we have to remember that they're not. And so sometimes a kid will do something completely out of left field and just every little fiber in you might want to say, what in the world are you doing? What are you thinking? (laughs) And, um, Sometimes we all have those moments, but also remembering they might not, first of all, they might really not be thinking at all <laughs> um, and having an impulsive moment. Um, and, or second, they um, could be thinking, but they made a poor choice or they might've been trying to think it through, but just didn't have the ability to think through the consequences the way an adult would. And so remembering to, again, engage in conversation and ask them what was behind that so that it can help you decide how you want to approach that situation because it might not be as malintentioned as it first seems even though it could be a little agitating or off-putting so giving them that space to do that now we're going to get into your mental wellness tip for today especially when it comes to discipline when things get really heated your number one tip is to take a break First, when you're interacting with your children, you want to reflect on your own emotions based on that situation. Consider them before interacting and you got to make sure you're calm. If you're not calm, take a break because it is much less likely that you're going to be charitable and showing that loving kindness and all of those things that we strive to do as parents if you're really upset. So this is actually a very effective discipline strategy that you can use to your advantage, especially if you have older children. You can delay consequences and that will give you time. It buys you some time to calm down and really, one, think about what kind of consequence you want to give, but also to calm down. So again, if you have older children, they have long-term memory. You don't have to worry about implementing a consequence immediately like you would with a toddler or a really young child. Um, So you can say, you can say, I'm really upset about this. I don't know what to do. I need to think about it for a couple days. And then, you know, we'll let you know what the consequence is, what we decide after we've had time to calm down and discuss. So imagine being a middle school student and having to wait a couple days for your parents, mom and dad, your caregivers, whoever, to think about what the consequence is going to be from, you know, over the weekend. That is a pretty good consequence in and of itself, right? But it also gives you that opportunity to calm yourself down before you engage in that discussion and have that teaching moment with your child. So you're modeling really healthy behavior. You're affirming their dignity because you're not getting upset and yelling and raising your voice. And you're also Um, 
respecting that developmental stage again of giving them just that time to really think and giving you that time to calm down and show them what they're due. So mental wellness tip for discipline, take a break anytime you're upset and it will not fail you. And for our question for today, um, I get a lot of questions from parents, um, something along the lines of, should I be worried or is there something wrong? So if a child is engaging in a lot of difficult, challenging, acting out behaviors, um, parents have a tendency to get really worried, um, like something's got to be wrong. Uh, What should I do? Uh, Was it something that we didn't do maybe early on when they were babies or infants? Um, And what I want to assure you of is most of the time, the answer to that question is usually always no. Um, It doesn't mean there's something wrong or that something you should be extremely worried about. However, I will default to that parent's intuition. So follow your gut. If you think there needs to be more intervention with your child, don't hesitate to seek support because if you think something's up, there's a good chance something's up but also to cut yourself a little bit of slack. I think our Achilles heel as parents is to worry and we just can't help it because we love our children so much and we want them to live a good life and to be happy. And so I would say, cut yourself a little bit of slack. Don't give up, continue to persevere. And especially in prayer, persevere in prayer Um, for your child and for their behaviors and let them know that you're praying for them. Let them know that you're worried about them and that you are there to help support them and guide them into leading that more virtuous life. Um, And sometimes I've seen parents have heart to heart conversations like that with their kids. And it really goes quite a long way when you can be open and honest about that. So should you be worried? Maybe not as much as you think, but continue to persevere. Don't give up and pray and hope. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.